Amen. Brother Chris, come preach to us, brother. Amen. Amen. It's good to be saved tonight. Amen. I thank God for what he did this morning, but I'm glad he's back tonight. Amen. I'm glad you're back, but I'm much I'm much gladder that he's back. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter number one tonight. I thank God for the testimonies and what God's done here today, and I thank God for what He's done in Utah. I'm glad He is omnipresent. Amen? I'm glad the same God that was saving here this morning was saving out there. Amen? He's not bound by time. Amen? He's not bound by regulations. He's not bound by government. Amen? I got a video the other day, and a, a, a friend of mine, he is a missionary to North Korea, and uh, as you can imagine, that's a, that's a hot spot right now. And he has to go in and out and things of that nature. I'm not even going to give his name because I don't want to hurt his, uh, his family or anything like that. But uh, I, I, he sent a video of them smuggling. Uh, they did an airdrop of thumb drives. Y'all know what that is, these, these thumb drives? You put in a computer and upload stuff on them. And Brother Lamar, these thumb drives had gospel preaching on them. Now, North Korean government says you can't preach the gospel in North Korea. But God says He's going to preach the gospel in North Korea. And those North Koreans were standing down there. Many of them never heard the gospel before. And the only word I could understand them saying, it's, a, it's an international word. It's said the same way all over the world. And it's hallelujah. Amen. And those North Koreans were standing down there with those little parachutes on them thumb drives. And they was going hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God. Hey, the governments may close their doors to us, but they can never keep going. God out. Amen. I thank God we serve a God like that. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. I thank y'all for listening this morning and helping me preach. And I pray that you'll ask that you'll pray for me tonight. And uh, uh, just to back us up tonight, the Bible says in Acts chapter number 1 and uh, verse number 1, The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again to king, the, the kingdom to Israel? Let me say this. His whole earthly ministry, they continued to ask that same question. They were wanting him to be an earthly king. They were wanting him to have an earthly kingdom. And let me say, one day he will be, and one day he will. Amen. But let me say this. You mark her down. After they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they quit looking for an earthly kingdom. Amen. Earthly things quit meaning so much to them after they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put into, into, in His own power, but ye shall receive power. 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto, uh, witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, dear Lord. I thank you for the gospel that was preached this morning. Lord, I thank you for the Word of God. Lord, if it wasn't for the Word of God, I wouldn't have anything to say, dear Lord. And I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the Spirit of God. And I pray, dear God, that you you fill me and use me tonight. Forgive me for where I failed you since the last time we spoke. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would unctionize me. I pray that you touch the hearer tonight. That we not just have uh, ears to hear, but we be doers all also, dear God. And Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. you might be seated. This morning, if you were here, we preached uh, about how to be born again or how can I be born again. And I thank God that we didn't just hear about it this morning, but we saw it this morning. Amen. I'm glad the Lord is still in the saving business. Amen. Uh, but tonight, I don't want to necessarily preach the gospel, though it will come out in my message. I do want to preach about the gospel this, this evening uh, in the, the four gospels and I may have said this here before but this is a breakdown of the New Testament in the four gospels we see the experiences of the gospel we see how people uh, interacted with Christ and how they were hearing the gospel for the first time and then in the church epistles we see how the, the gospel is explained to us and that is what the church epistles are about it is uh, breaking down the gospels especially the book of Romans and and then in the pastoral epistles, which shows us how to be an example of the gospel. Amen. It shows us how we as New, Christ, New Testament Christians are to live our lives. And it, I love the fact that it is the pastoral epistles. It's amazing to me that the Holy Ghost gave these pastors, amen, the, the words to give to the people, amen, on how we are to be examples of the gospel. And if you get up said about a man of God preaching on how you should live, you should take it up with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a biblical principle that God gives the man of God the Word of God and the man of God takes the Word of God and preaches it to the people of God. Amen. And then we see in the Revelation it shows us how we will exit because of the gospel. Amen. But I want to look in the book of Acts tonight. Don't get nervous. I'm not preaching the whole book. Amen. But I do want to preach and show how that the book, the book of Acts shows us how uh, that we are to express the gospel or the expression of the gospel. How that God gave the greatest message. Amen. That God gave the greatest message ever known to man. The good news of the glorious gospel of Christ. God gave it to a bunch of old nobodies. Amen. God gave it to a bunch of illiterate I'm talking about run of the mill everyday people. Filled them with the Holy Ghost and they turned the world upside down. Amen. And that's what the book of Acts shows us 
So I want to look at the expression of the gospel tonight. The first thing I see in our text tonight, and I'm going to be going through the first uh, a few chapters of the book of Acts tonight, so keep your Bible open with us if you will. The first thing I see in this expression of the gospel is the driving force of the expression of the gospel. In verse number 8, he said, but he had told them, the disciples, to go back and wait. And you know that they got the upper room. I believe there was 120 people. If that's not right, don't, uh, don't get mad at me. I believe it was 120 people and they went back they went back to that room and they waited for the promise of the Holy Ghost but you notice they did not go about the work of God until they were filled with the Holy Ghost amen Amen. They did not go about doing anything until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. In verse number eight, it says, "But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost is come upon you." Now, I like to feel the Holy Ghost when I'm shouting. I like to feel the Holy Ghost when I'm crying. I like to feel the Holy Ghost when the choir is singing, and I believe we do. I believe we feel the presence of God. But being filled with the Holy Ghost, it's number one reason. It's for boldness to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and to get this world the gospel. Amen. And look in our context. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. Hey, the reason we are filled with the Holy Ghost, the reason we should seek the filling of the Holy Ghost is not for a fuzzy feeling when we hear a song. Say amen right there. We should desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that we can go forth in boldness and preach and teach and propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we didn't, the, the men in the prayer room didn't know why I was preaching tonight. And they began to talk about giving out tracts and the witness. And, and Brother Barnes even said it. He said, sometimes it's like I've got all the boldness in the world and I just give out, give out, give out. And he said, then sometimes I don't even want to, I don't even want to look at the track. And I've been there. If you be honest, you've been there too. And you know what the difference is? Is when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you feel like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Amen. Hey, but when you're going in the flesh, you you feel minuscule and you feel like nothing because we are nothing. But when the Holy Ghost shows up on the scene, when the Holy Ghost begins, hey, this message isn't nothing but another story. Without the Holy Ghost of God, He is the driving force of the gospel. Amen. Do you know in the book of Acts, the name Holy Ghost is mentioned 42 times. The phrase being filled with the Holy Ghost is mentioned seven times. Amen. Amen. You know what today's church is missing? Amen. We can blame it on television. I think a lot of that's wicked. We can blame it on entertainment. I've got a friend of mine that's a missionary to the Brazil in the Amazon to the, to the, to the tribes nobody's ever been to before, but Lamar. And he said he can be a hundred miles away from cell phone service and still get distracted. Amen. It ain't about our devices. It's about us. Amen. It's about our depravity. It's about our iniquity. Amen. Hey, tonight we, hey, we can blame it on everything we want. We can blame it on the government. We can blame it on the, the contemporary church. But our downfall tonight is that people that are saved, that are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is not you get more God. You get all of God that you get when you get saved. But get, getting filled with the Holy Ghost is God getting more of you. Amen. I want God to have all of me. Hey, 
every time they were filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter was being filled with the Holy Ghost, stood up and preached the word of God boldly. Hey, we need some, the world needs the gospel and they're not going to get it from fleshly, carnal, saved people. Hey, the world needs a church in Rossville, Georgia that takes what we experience in here and take it to them out there being filled with the Holy Ghost of God, going with the driving force of the gospel and get the gospel to this generation. Amen. That is the difference. Many of you have heard the story about D.L. Moody. They said that he was preaching abroad already. He was preaching at his church and then preaching a lot of meetings. And they said that D.L. Moody was seeing 10 to 15 people saved everywhere he preached. And Brother Brian, two women came to him, two widow ladies came to him and said, Mr. Moody, you're missing something. And it offended him. And they'd offend most of us if somebody came to us and told us that. But Lamar, he, he, he went on a little bit longer and the next week they came back to him and said, Mr. Moody, you're missing something. And it bothered him. It began to eat at him, Brother Danny. said the next week they came back and said, Mr. Moody, you're missing something. He said, well, ladies, what am I missing? They said, you're, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. That's bold. <laughs> I mean, the man's seeing 10, 15 people saved every time he preaches. And they said, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. He got angry, asked them to leave. The story, as the story goes, from what I remember, they come back the next week, he asked them to come back, and he was broken this time. And Brother Jason, he said, ladies, I want you to get with me every Tuesday, and let's pray that God will fill me with the Holy Ghost. They started praying for weeks and all of a sudden, I believe it was in October, Mr. Moody's church burnt to the ground in one of those, those Chicago fires. And they said that he went up to New York and to, to try to raise funds to get his, his church built back. And he was walking down Wall Street one day and God began to work on him and God began to touch him. He said, oh God, let me get to my room. He dropped everything. He went back to his room and he laid up in that hotel room and God filled him with the Holy Ghost of God and the rest is history amen hey I'm telling you God can take the Holy Ghost can take somebody that's a nobody fill him up and use him to get the gospel to the world amen these men had no technology these men didn't have a printed Bible these men had no degrees these men had no education these men had no financial backing these men had no big old sending church but these men are the ones that turned the world upside down. Amen. The driving force of the expression of the gospel. I ask you tonight, and, and, and I know that we're in a spiritual church. I thank God for our church and we hear it preached. But I ain't asking if you've ever heard it preached. I'm not asking you if you know a spirit-filled believer. I believe we know, we've got a lot of spirit-filled believers at our church. But what I'm asking you tonight is, are you, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you filled? Being filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll get up, and it was mentioned in prayer room, Brother Laddie. It's amazing what happens. You'll get up in the mornings, and it'll not matter to you what all's going on in the day. You know what'll be on your heart and your mind? There's somebody out there that needs the gospel today. You can't sit there and read your Bible and pray, and it not eventually make you want to go out and tell somebody about Christ. Amen. It is the driving force. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Mom and Daddy, hey, behind closed doors, do your kids, do your kids see a spirit-filled mama and a spirit-filled daddy at home? Amen. 
Amen. It's a real question. It's a convicting question. Do they know what it's like for mama and daddy to have a walk with God at home? Hey, so, hey kids, do, does mama and daddy, I used to just preach to the parents, but my kids, does mama and daddy know what it's like to have a spirit-filled teenager at home? Amen. Amen, preacher, that's right. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. I've heard it said my whole life, so goes the home, goes the church, so goes the church, goes the, the, the nation. And friend of mine will not have revival at Bible Baptist Church until we have revival at our home and in our lives. And we need a revival where folks are getting filled with the Holy Ghost of God. So how do I get filled? It ain't some magic potion. It's not rubbing the genie in the bottle. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, ask Him. You have not because you ask not. And you know what he'll do? He'll either fill you, amen, or he'll tell you what's in your life that needs to get out before he can fill you. He didn't fill me, Brother Barnes, until I threw that Copenhagen away. He said, well, God's never dealt with me about that. Well, maybe you're not trying to get with God. But God dealt with me about that. As soon as I got close to God, he dealt with that silver lid in my pocket. Somebody say amen right there. I couldn't smoke no more. I couldn't listen to Hank Jr. no more. Amen. I'm just being honest. I couldn't listen to it anymore. It bothered me. Amen. It bothered me. He said, I, I, I said, God, I want, I want you. I want to go further with you. And he said, all right, we're getting on track now. And you know what he said? He said, if you want more of me, if you want to go further with me, I need this and I need this and I need this. And he'll do the same in your life. He'll say, I need this and I'll need this. And it boils down whether you want God more than you want this world. Amen. This morning the question was heaven or hell. That's what I preached about this morning. I preached heaven or hell. But you know what I'm preaching tonight? Heaven or earth. What do you want? Got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The driving force of the expression of the gospel. Nextly tonight I see the delivery and I'm not going to hold you long tonight. I see the delivery of the expression of the gospel in, in chapter 2. And I'm going to give you this, this address to this verses. You go home and read them. But chapter 2, verses 14 through 36, you see Peter's whole message. And I want to say a few things about it. We've already mentioned that he was bold in his preaching. Amen. Then he was scriptural in his preaching. He did not tell them what he thought. He did not tell them about some fuzzy feeling he had one time. He did not tell him about his time that he, he saw something in the sky and, you know, the rainbows and butterflies. He didn't say anything like that. You know what he did? He went directly to the book of Joel. Amen. And said, the time has come when whosoever shall call upon the name. Woo! Hallelujah. He said, the time has come that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. He went right to the scriptures. Amen. In giving, you say, I don't know how to tell somebody the gospel. Number one, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. But number two, take them to the Word of God. It, can I, I'm not being ugly tonight, and y'all, y'all hear me, but it's going to take more than four verses out of the book of Romans. Amen. 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 
It's good. Somebody that's never heard the gospel before, you're telling me you can get up on a porch with them and read them four verses out of the book of Romans and ask them to say a prayer and they got saved? Amen. If you believe that, I'm a church pew. Amen. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. They're just telling you something to get you off their porch. Amen. Amen. When, I, when I'm witnessing to somebody, Brother Lamar, I take them to Adam. Amen. I tell them, hey, this is why we're messed up. Amen. I show them that the law condemns us and the law, it, it, it damns us. And then I take them over to Calvary. Amen. And I show them what Christ did. Amen. And people don't know that. Amen. I was, uh, Brother Wiley Bailey and I were in uh, Covington, Georgia a couple months ago. It, I think it was in June. And uh, we met there for supper at, at Chick-fil-A. There was four teenage boys as we pulled up. God convicted my heart as I pulled in. It's just like he put this spotlight. Did that ever happen to y'all? I hope I'm not boring y'all tonight. And I'm not some super Christian. I, I just, I'm trying to bear my heart tonight. I pulled in and these boys were sitting outside on the patio. We hadn't had that hot of a summer this year. And, and, and they were sitting on the patio and that, that spotlight went on them boys. It's like there was a magnet in them and I was the other part of that and it was drawing us together. But laddie, I, I, I parked where I could walk by them. I was praying, God, don't let them leave. Don't let them leave. I pulled in, and, and, and Brother Wiley, he came, and he was meeting me, and he wanted to go in this door. I said, let's go around. And I saw him there, and I said, I went in and ordered. And I said, you go ahead and order, and I, I'm going to go outside and get me a seat. And we sat down, and we began to eat. And, and I said, brother, I said, God's dealing with me about these, these four boys. I said, I, I think we need to go witness to them. And can I just be honest with y'all? My flesh doesn't like that. To go up to four complete, especially teenage boys, because they're all, you know, look like a bantam rooster. Amen? Some of you grew up in Chattanooga too much. You don't know what a bantam rooster is. Amen? But walking around like a bantam rooster. Amen? And, and they got that, you know, swag is what they call it now. I say they look like a bantam rooster. They call it swag now. Amen? Had their chest bowed out, you know. But they're, they're, they, they've got a, a, a measure of arrogance to them. Yeah. They're, they're up and coming. They want to be cool. Yeah. That messes with your flesh. Am I, am I telling it where we're living? <clears throat> and I, I, told, I ate my sandwich real quick. And I said, Brother Wiley, I'm going to go order some coffee. I, said, or I, said, I asked him, I said, would you go order some coffee? I said... Uh, I think we need to go sit down with these boys and witness to them. And I sat down with them, Brother Laddie. I just pulled a chair up. I didn't ask. <laughs> I just pulled a chair up, and they're looking at me like I'm an alien. Amen. <clears throat> Here's what I did. I, I introduced myself. I shook their hands. I said, fellas, I said, uh, I, I said God dealt with my heart about coming over here and talking to you. That, that'll spook somebody right there. That'll spook most saved folks, most, most church people. And Brother Barnes, I, I started here, and this boy right here did not want me to be at that table. The other three were captivated, but that boy did not want me to be at that table. And that's okay. And Brother Brian, Brother, Brother Wiley come in by then, and, and I asked them, I said, I went around the table, I said, fellas, what, what would you tell me you had to do to go to heaven? And I've never done it like that before. And my laddie, this boy said, well, you just be a good person. 
This boy right here, he said, you know, he said, you know, read your Bible and try to try to be a good person. This boy over here, he said, you know, be, do the best you can and try not to do anybody wrong and don't lie. I said, man, if I had to do all that, I'd be on my way to hell. He looked at me like I was losing my mind. And the boy over there, he said, and this, I got, I got this out of him. He said. And, and by the way, all three of those boys go to church. The third boy, or fourth boy, he said, he said, well, you got to be baptized. Live a good life. And Brother Laddie, when you're presented with that, I know I'm teaching right now. Y'all just pray for me. When you're presented with something somebody believes and you know that they're wrong according to the Scripture, and you have to make the decision, am I going to leave it at that and say, y'all have a good day? Or am I going to offend them and telling them what the, the Word of God says, says they're wrong? And Brother Daniel and Brother Wiley, I said, fellas, I'm not trying to, I, I said, I'm not trying to be cool or nothing like that. And Brother Wiley, you know, broke it up. He said, yeah, he's never been cool. Amen. These boys was called off guard and the Holy Ghost began to help us. And I started taking them to the Scriptures and showing them these things. And I said, fellas, you, according to what you're saying, I said, you are on your way to hell if you believe that. They let us pray with them. They took gospel literature. But what I'm telling you is just like Peter, you got to be bold. you got to take them to the Scriptures. you got to stay filled with the Holy Ghost because you don't know the next time God's going to give you a divine appointment. They're everywhere. Divine appointments are everywhere. You say, did they get saved? No, it's not my job to try to push or pry. If they would have wanted to, if God, if they would have started breaking down, yeah, I would have talked to them more. But Brother Lamar, it's not my job to go out there and twist people's arms. It's my job to go out and sow the seed and let God give the increase. Amen. Amen. That's right. Peter just was the vessel. Talking about the, amen, is that right? I'm talking about giving the gospel. I'm talking about the delivery of the gospel with boldness, with the scriptures, with directness. Hey, I'm not, listen, I know how we do it on Saturday mornings. We need to get out and just invite folks to come and hear the gospel, amen? That's a command. But in our day, that's not the only time we are to be on visitation. Our life should be visitation, amen, everywhere we go. Hey, they don't just need to be invited to church. They need to be told how they can go to heaven. They need the gospel. It does not hurt my flesh. Can I be honest with you? I've been in church my whole life. It's about all I know how to talk about. But David, it doesn't hurt my flesh to go up to somebody and shake their hand and say, hey, I go down here to Bible Baptist Church. Why don't you come and go with me? But you know what does hurt my flesh? Sir, I don't know you, but I know Jesus died for you. And if you've never been born again, you're going to go to hell when you die. Can I tell you about how you can miss hell when you die? My flesh does not like that. But that is confrontational, given the gospel, soul winning, the biblical way, going to people where they're at and telling them the gospel. And I believe this. I'm going to be held accountable. 
I'm going to have a, I'm going to have bloody hands, brother Laddie, because I failed to deliver the gospel. I see the driving force of this expression of the gospel, the delivery of the expression of the gospel. I see the display in chapters two, verse forty-one. Look, just look at that verse, chapter two, verse forty-one. He said, "Then they gladly received his word. They, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls." Chapter four, verse number four. Peter preached again in chapter three. And in verse 4, we find out how many got saved. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were a, was about 5,000. Just the men. You know, everybody, all the Pentecostals are saying, we need another Pentecost. Do you realize what happened the day after Pentecost was bigger than what happened the day of Pentecost? Amen. God is not a duplicator. God is a creator. We don't need Him to recreate what He did back then. We need Him to create something in us right now and do something for us right now. I'm talking about the the display of the gospel. Now these people, this is 8,000 people. You say, well, could God do that today? He is doing it today. You go to Africa, you go to Mexico, you go to South America, (coughs) you go to Korea, you go to China, people are getting saved in the groves because they are under persecution. They need hope. They're not lazy. They're not gossip. They're not fat on Bible preaching. Amen. They are hungry and people are getting saved by the groves. Amen. The gospel still works today. Amen. The display. Now it's often people, you hear this when you're talking with people, especially dealing with people in the altar, and I believe Brother Gravely dealt with it, with that lady that had been in the gangs and things that's been mentioned, that she thinks she's too bad to be saved. And we always go to Paul, or, or, or Saul of Tarsus, and he becomes Apostle Paul, and said, well, he killed Christians. Can I go a step further? In chapter 2, verse 23, would you look with me? Now he's talking about Jesus. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Look, look at chapter 4, or 3, verse 14. I'm sorry. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life. So Peter preaches two messages here. You can even go to chapter 4 when he's preaching to the Sanhedrin. He, but I want to specifically talk about chapters 2 and 3. These Of these 8,000 people, Peter looks at these people and just 50 days prior to this, Brother Laddie, these are the same people that are saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Peter looked at them and pointed his finger at them and said, ye are the ones who crucified Christ. You You killed the Savior. You killed the promised one. Hey, friend of mine, and if God, the Holy Ghost, can save the very people that killed Jesus Christ, He can can save any redneck. He can save any adulterer. He can save any hood rat. Amen. He can save save anybody that will turn to Him if He can save the very ones who crucified Jesus. Amen. The display of the gospel. My sister-in-law, my brother's wife, 
And she, her daddy used to beat on them. He's been a drunkard since he was, he said he smoked his first cigarette eight years old and he began to live in a life of wickedness. And I've known him for a lot of my life. He's beat on them. He's, he's done them wrong. He would go on binges and all this and he would come back and turn over new leaf after new leaf after new leaf. He'd spend some time in jail and then he'd turn over the new leaf and then he'd go right back to, uh, to the meth and to the crack and to the cocaine. But about two years ago, this Christmas will be two years ago he got he had went to a, a men's Christian's home down in South Georgia and he even left there he walked all the way from Statesboro back to Villareca Georgia he was fed up he they wouldn't let him have nothing amen and brother Lamar he finally oh, two three days before Christmas that year 2015 he was in a hotel in Gwinnett County he said his family hadn't heard from him in 10 days hey and he goes and he finally he was about to do some more drugs and he he said he had not had food or water that he knew of in seven days. And he said he was about to do more drugs. And he said all of a sudden, he said it started bothering him. And he said the Holy Ghost said, this is it, boy. You either go with me or you're done. He said he took, he had his drugs hid in the microwave. He said he opened the door of the hotel, threw the whole microwave out in the floor of the front yard, got down on his knees in the hotel room and got born into the family of God. God saved two years later. Fast forward last night. The reason I know that testimony is because last night this man that wouldn't used to wouldn't step foot in a church is now helping, helping head up an RU program. He stood up last night testifying about how God saved him and came shouting and crying. I'm telling you friend, the gospel still works. Hey, we saw the display of the gospel this morning. Hey, you've seen the display of the gospel in your life. And if we'll get it to the world, it will work. Amen can change lives I hope this is all making sense this is new and I feel like I'm teaching but I'm having a good time doing it amen the driving force of this expression of the gospel the delivery of the expression of the gospel the display but then I see the denial in chapters five, in chapter 5 we see persecution we talk, they deal with Ananias and Sapphira that really the first church discipline if you will we see persecution in chapter 5 and then in chapter 6 and 7, we see the denial. We know it's the story of Stephen and how the preaching deacon, amen. I think we got some of them around here. Say amen right there. The preaching deacon. And he, he preached in the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was a man of faith. And he, he, he preached unto them. And every time up until here, whenever somebody was dealt with by the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, it says they were pricked in the heart. But in chapter 6 and 7, it said they were cut in the heart. They were stiff-necked. They were hard-hearted. Now, I want you to only show you something. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get too deep into this, but chapter 2's message and chapter 3's message and chapter 4's message and chapter 6 and 7's message was a national message to Israel. As far as we know, there were no Gentiles anywhere around it was just Jews and God was being long suffering even though they rejected Christ even though they crucified him he was still trying to offer the kingdom to the Jews but you know what they did they denied the gospel this number one proves to me that it is not irresistible grace amen God will not save anybody that does not want to be saved amen if he would, 
And he could, Brother Dave, uh, he, he would have definitely done that to his people, but he didn't. Now, there's a good side to this. I'll get to that in a minute. But you notice before they cut God off, they cut his preacher off. You know why they put their hands on Stephen? Because they couldn't get their hands on God. And they cut Stephen off. They stoned him. And by cutting the man of God off, they cut God off. And you better be careful cutting the man of God's voice off in your life. Remember Herod? He was, he was John the Baptist's biggest fan. And he cut his head off. And when Jesus went to Herod, when he went to Pilate, Jesus talked to Pilate the whole time he was there. But when Jesus went to Herod, he wouldn't say a word to Herod. And Brother Lamar, we better be careful cutting the man of God's voice off in our life because we may be cutting the voice of God off in our life. They denied Christ nationally. Now, I, I, I'm going to show you here in a minute that Jews can still be saved, and I say glory to God for that. Amen. But nationally, they won't turn to Christ until the revelation. Amen. Well, there will be a nation born in a day. But tonight, the veil of Moses is over their eyes. I wish you could go to that synagogue with me. And those people with the very scriptures of the Word of God in front of them. And they're reading the words of life of Lamar. And they see everything but light. Even Moses has been diminished in their eyes. And Brother Laddie, their hearts are hard and their eyes are darkened. But because, Romans 11 says, because of their unbelief, because of their falling away, the, the gospel has come unto the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. Denial. You better be careful, sinner. There may, I'm, I'm sure, I know there are. There's people that were here this morning that admitted they were lost that are back tonight. And you better be careful denying the gospel of Christ because it may... Look at all these opportunities. But eventually that was enough. The opportunities were over. Lastly tonight... I see the dispersion of the gospel of Christ after the Jews finally rejected it. And you mark her down, friend. Look what happened to England. England used to be the one that was sending all the missionaries out. England used to be the one with all the Bibles. England used to be the one with all the revivals. England used to be the one with all the great preachers. England used to be one with all the great churches. But you know what England is tonight? It's twice dead and plucked up by the roots. And it wasn't but just a hundred years ago when they were having revival there. We are sending missionaries to the UK now because they rejected the gospel. And you mark her down, friend. If, we don't, if something don't happen here, we're going to end up in the same darkness. I see the dispersion after he, after he turned and started working towards the others. In chapter 8, we see the son of Ham getting saved in that Ethiopian eunuch. Amen. We see a black man getting saved, by the way. And by the way, the gospel is colorblind. Amen. Amen. The gospel is colorblind. Amen. And if you've got a problem with a black person getting saved or a black person, there is no black church or white church or Hispanic church. There is the church. Amen. 
Now I understand there's a language barrier, Brother Daniel. I understand that. I, I'm not talking about that. But there is no, there's, hey, that we are, hey, we are one in Christ. Somebody help me now. Hey, there is no race barrier in the gospel. Hey, it is for whosoever will. And I've said it this morning, but I'm going to say it again tonight. Hey, the son of Ham got saved. The black man got saved in Acts 8. Hey, guess who got saved in Acts 9? The son of Shem. He said, yes, they've rejected me nationally, but I'll still save them individually. Amen. And the apostle to the Gentiles got saved in Acts chapter number 9. Oh, but I'm glad he didn't stop in Acts chapter number 9. Because in Acts chapter number 10, he went to the son of Japheth. Amen. He went down there to Cornelius' house. And Peter preached to them. And they got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You say, why are you so, you so happy about the son of Japheth? Because that's us white folks. Amen. I'm glad tonight that it, he came to the black. He came to the yellow. He came to the white. I'm glad this gospel is for everyone. Amen. And we need to be taking it to them. And as they come with a song tonight, I wonder, number one, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you filled? Maybe you know what it's like to live the Spirit-filled life. I'll be honest with you. I'm a leaky vessel. And, and Brother Barnes, I know what it's like to live filled with the Holy Ghost, and I know what it's like to live not filled with the Holy Ghost. It's our responsibility. God's given the offer. It's our responsibility to seek after it and ask Him for it. Maybe you've never been filled before. Maybe you need to get in this altar and let God start pointing those things out that He can get out of your life so you can be filled. The promise in the Bible is draw nigh unto God and He will draw nigh unto thee. Cleanse ye hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He wants your hands and your hearts and your heads to be clean so you can keep drawing nigh unto Him. Are you filled? Have you been filled before and now you're empty and you... You're lackadaisical in your Christian walk. Carnal. Hey, I've been there. Amen. This morning, or this evening, are you telling others about the gospel? It works. Are you telling others? I'm not asking if you're inviting folks to church. That's admirable. But are, are you telling others the gospel? Tonight, it's hard to tell them. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, when you've got a burden... And here's the thing. We ought to do it because we love sinners. We ought to do it because it's our duty. But first and foremost, we ought to do it because the Lord, he, it's His heart. And we should love God so much that we should have an overwhelming zeal to give people the gospel. And this evening, maybe you've never been saved. This would be a good time to get saved. Let's stand. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Nobody's looking. Nobody's peeking around. Anybody here this, this evening will say, Brother Hewitt, I'm saved, but I'm not living the Spirit-filled life, preacher. I'm lacking. I, the, the, I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost. Would you be that honest this evening? Just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. I see hands going up all over. Hands are going up all over, and I thank you for being honest. And you should come and just join these in the altar. Just ask Him. Ask God, what is it that's keeping me from being filled? What is it, Lord? Put your finger on what it is in my life that's keeping me from being filled with the Holy Ghost. And maybe you just don't care tonight. 
Maybe you've never been filled. Maybe you're not living the Spirit-filled life and you just don't care tonight. I'd barrel up in this altar this evening and get that thing right. Maybe you got somebody on your heart this morning or this evening that needs the gospel that's never been saved. Why don't you come and pray for them? Before we sing, is there anybody here tonight say, Preacher, I've never been saved and I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Preacher, I've never been saved. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking around. Anybody like that tonight? Lord, please touch in this altar call. Touch those that are praying and touch those that need to come and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing, Brother David.